first thing I want to discuss is the rising prices of industrial electricity. So within the news, you're probably hearing a lot about electricity. We have two opportunities available on our end with another coming in the near future. And then I'll cover a couple of higher end and entry level positions available across the U.S. We're going to talk about a few wins that have occurred over the past couple of weeks. And we're going to also talk about the Shovel Awards from Area Development Magazine. Today, I'm going to spotlight one project that includes Next Move Group Movement member, Greater Wichita Partnership. Next Move Group, the voice of economic development. Here is Chad Chancellor. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Welcome to this week's YouTube Next Move Group newscast. Mississippi State looked amazing last week against Memphis. Absolutely incredible. We'll get to football in a minute. There's a lot to say, but let's talk about economic development first. So the first thing I want to discuss is the rising prices of industrial electricity. So within the news, you're probably hearing a lot about electricity. It's economic developers as Chamber of Commerce directors is elected officials who watch this video you need to really know what's happening with the electrical rates in your community so that if the existing industries call on you you might have a plan of how to deal with them and you need to know prices are going up across the country so it won't just be going up in your territory or within your power company they're going up across the country so you need to know this to defend yourself but also to figure out in your bre program how might you want to help your existing industry so let me show you you the information that's out, uh, most recent information that's out on EIA.gov. You will notice industrial sector electric rates have risen 18% since 2020. 18%, nearly one fifth. They've went from 6.67 cents per kilowatt hour in 2020 to 7.89 cents now. That is a rise of 18% in the last two years. If you look at just the last year, they've risen 9%, so almost 10%. In the last year, if you compare 2022 to 2021, industrial sector electric rates have risen from 7.26 cents per kilowatt hour in 2021 to 7.89 cents now. Electric rates are often in the top five operating costs for your manufacturers. So you need to know what's happening with your rates. Even if your rates are going up, know they're going up nationwide. So maybe if your rates are going up less, that less of a percentage than nationwide, you may still have an advantage. Let me show you what's going on with renewables. If you look at this chart, again, you can find this on the uh, U.S. Energy Information administration website which is eia.gov but if you look our electric generation by sources of all sectors look at what's happening to renewables they are going up so if you look basically coal in 2012 was 40 percent of our electricity production now it's down around 20 percent so it's bit down by nearly half if you look at natural gas it's went from 30 percent in 2012 up to roughly 35 percent now the bottom you'll see renewal nuclear's pretty much stayed the same at the bottom you'll see renewables non-hydro and hydro hydro stayed about the same as well around five or six percent non-hydro renewables though have gone from five percent up to nearly 20 percent so 
renewable energy is coming. This chart shows you that. As it is, it is driving some prices up. So as an economic developer, you need to know your energy mix, but you also need to know, are your prices going up at the same rate as the rest of the country? Even if they're going up, if you're going up less than the rest of the country, then it may be something that you want to your selling to. But I for sure think economic developers need to think about this because this is a big, big part of a manufacturer's cost. So speaking of manufacturers, uh, our siting activity has gone through the roof. I believe we added four new site selection prospects in the last week. We Zoomed with two last week, just Zoomed with one today, and had another one express interest in us. So we're locating three or four right now, and literally the last week added three or four new prospects. So it seems like the siting prospect activity is for sure picking up. You've probably seen we're doing executive searches right now in uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Lake, which is over in western Kentucky, Marshall County, one of the absolute most beautiful parts of our country. It'd be a great job for somebody. Doing them in Forest City, Arkansas. Forest City is a great industrial town, about an hour, eh, probably 45 minutes to an hour west of Memphis. We're doing Winston County, Alabama, and we just added Orangeburg County, South Carolina, which is a great mid-sized county there in South Carolina. Uh, you will be seeing those. If you hadn't seen them already, you'll be seeing them come out soon. I want to congratulate Shreveport next, Ryan Cup, who's a Mississippi State guy. So after this, we'll transition into how good Mississippi State looked on the football field the other day. But Shreveport next is a division of something called the BRF in Northwest Louisiana. And they took on a mission two or three years ago that they wanted to start recruiting small to mid-sized companies to that area that could have high growth potential. We helped them stand that organization up, built their website, did all kind of stuff for them. Hired Ryan Cup through one of our executives searches we literally helped them stand that organization up and today they announced a tremendous victory that i want to call attention to bioflight vr a california-based company has announced that they're locating in shreveport their virtual reality medical training company that offers VR training for a variety of medical procedures. Their programs are currently used by hospitals, university, and medical device companies. So this exactly matches the mission of the BRF in Shreveport. It's exactly why Shreveport Next was built. I think they've got the right model. They're going out and finding small to mid-sized companies that have high growth potential in healthcare and manufacturing and other areas. Ryan's out there on the road calling on folks. And so I'm proud of this victory today and wanted to call attention to it. Ryan Culp is a Mississippi State fan. We talked yesterday. I don't know that we've ever had a quarterback look as good as Will Rogers did against Memphis. We absolutely dominated Memphis. We got up 24, 28 to nothing. I can't remember how much. And then, of course, we brought our backups in. First game to get them playing time. Our defense looked incredible. You know, Memphis has a good offense. They could do nothing on our first-team defense. Our defense looked incredible. Our offense looked unstoppable. Uh, I went to the LSU-Florida State game Sunday night. LSU doesn't look any good. I mean, you think we can beat LSU. We can beat Auburn. I think we can beat Ole Miss. We go to Arizona Saturday night. The ball game kicks off at 10 at night. I'm going to be up all night watching this game. Arizona beat San Diego State. And they were a big underdog. So Arizona looks to be pretty good. But Mississippi State is a 10-point favorite going into that ball game. 
I think we'll win. If we beat them, I believe we then get Bowling Green, and then I think we go to LSU. So I think we'll be 3-0 and going to LSU. But this team looked as good as any we ever had other than maybe the Dak Prescott team that got us ranked to number one in the nation. So we are very, very optimistic. Uh, I, I, the defense looked as good as the offense. That's what I'm so, so pleased about. Now, I mentioned that I went to the uh, Florida State-LSU game Sunday night in New Orleans in the Superdome, and that was the wildest last two minutes of a ball game I've ever seen. Uh, LSU fumbled a punt. They were getting the ball down seven, two minutes to go. They fumbled the punt. Florida State gets it. All Florida State needs to do is knee the ball three times and kick a field goal, and they're up 10, and LSU's out of timeouts. The game is over. Inexplicably. Florida State ran a toss play, which a toss is far more dangerous than a handoff play because, you know, you got to catch it. You can fumble that thing. The ball got fumbled. Of course, LSU's got all their people at the line of scrimmage. They got nine guys there to get the ball. LSU got the ball. Uh, inexplicable. I mean, the, the Florida State coach, it was one of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen anybody make. But but then LSU had to come 99 yards with a minute and something left and no timeouts, and here they came. They got to the one-yard line with one second left. We're sitting in the Superdome, and they had to review the play, come to find out. The kid's knee went down inbounds, which means the clock should have started after the chains were set. LSU probably wouldn't have had enough time for a play. They do like a 10-minute review in the stadium. You really don't know what's going on. They come out and say, we're going to give LSU one more play. LSU scores a touchdown, which gets them within one point. All they got to do is kick the extra point to go to overtime or go for two to win the game, which is what Brian Kelly should have done. His team was not as good as Florida State Saturday night. That's why I think Mississippi State had beat them. They were not as good. They had horrible quarterback play. They weren't any good at all. He had a chance to steal that game. Even if he does it, if you know anything about Louisiana people, they like to go for the win. They're risk takers. Go for two. Even if he doesn't get it, he can come out of that game and look at his team, look at his fans square in the face and say, I'm here to win. That would have endeared him to those LSU fans. Instead, he goes for the extra point. Now, let me set this up. He already had one kick blocked earlier in the game, a field goal. He replaced his left guard or left tackle. I can't remember which one because that guy got blew off the ball and got the ball kicked. So he knew he had field goal kicking problems, and he still went for one. And guess what? Same gap. Florida State blocks it. Florida State wins 24-23. Florida State should have won by 10 points. They totally choked the game away. Their coach made a horrendous decision. If they'd have lost the game, he should have been fired. All he had to do was need the ball, and he runs a toss, and here comes LSU. It was incredible. So to the game I took, my best friend from uh, – we grew up together. He's a huge Florida State fan, and his son. And when we came – his son's nine years old. We come out of the Superdome, and there's a New Orleans or Baton Rouge reporter standing there interviewing LSU people about the game. And most of the people they're interviewing are drunk, you know, frat guys coming out, upset that LSU lost. And they saw my friend's son, nine years old, had his Florida State jersey on, said, hey, we want to interview a Florida State fan. Come over here. So they interviewed my, my friend's son, nine years old, and he says, as you will see from this screenshot, he says, you can't spell LSU without the L and loser. And they put this on the broadcast, and it went viral. It said like 80,000 people see it since then. So uh, I believe LSU will have an L when Mississippi State plays them as well. 
This week, of course, kicks off the NFL season. And the Saints play the Falcons, our hated rival. We play them in Atlanta. From everything that I read, this may upset Josh Finn. And we should have did our NFL preview show this year, but I forgot it slipped up on me. So next year, we're going to have Josh on our college show, and we'll do Saints-Falcons then. Everything I'm seeing says the Falcons is one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. The Saints' defense looked incredible in the preseason. We should beat them 10 points in Atlanta. Get off to a one and zero start. The next week we play Tampa Bay. Uh, Sean Payton has retired, so the only reason we won't get off to that start because he dominated Atlanta is if our new coach just isn't any good, and he may not be. Dennis Allen's his name. We'll see as we get into it. But I think the Saints will beat Atlanta this week. There's no better what place to start the NFL season than winning at Atlanta, getting one and zero. That would be pretty exciting if Mississippi State beats Arizona and the Saints beat Atlanta Sunday, and that's exactly what I predict. The Major League Baseball playoffs are starting to come into form. we got a month left in the season. St. Louis has went on a winning streak. They, uh, they're now eight and a half games ahead of Milwaukee, so they're for sure going to win their division. The Mets have choked. The Braves have tied the Mets. Going to be an incredible finish there. The Yankees are choking. The Yankees were like 20 games ahead. Now they're only four and a half games ahead of Tampa Bay. So there's going to be several close pennant races coming down the stretch, but one that won't be close is St. Louis. They're eight and a half games ahead. They play Milwaukee this weekend, assuming they beat them. That uh, race will pretty much be over. Our golf tip of this week. You know, you can overthink golf. I heard Tiger Woods interviewed the other day. And a lot of teachers and experts will tell you that you need to pay attention to your grip pressure. How hard do you hold the club? I've heard people say on a one to 10 and make it a five. I've heard people say, hold the club harder with your last three fingers than your first two. I've heard all kinds of theories on this. They asked Tiger Woods, they said, Tiger, what is your opinion of grip pressure? You know, Tiger's the first or greatest or second greatest player ever lived behind Jack Nichols. What's your opinion of grip pressure? Tiger Woods looked straight at the camera. He said, I have never once thought about grip pressure. It's never even occurred to me to think about it. I just grip the club and swing it. Sometimes we overthink golf. If you're sitting there with a hundred different little ideas, listen to Tiger. Just grab the club, grip it however you want to, and hit it down the middle. This weekend is going to be a good weekend for Mississippi State and Health State. Due to various demands on time and resources, economic development and trade and export agencies often struggle to complete effective market research and business outreach campaigns. For the past 10 plus years, Research FDI, along with our affiliated consulting groups at Research B2B and FDI 365, have leveraged our in-house knowledge, resources, and expertise in market research and consulting to help over 250 organizations directly facilitate inward investment attraction and new trade and export opportunities for their regions across a wide variety of industry sectors. Our highly personalized services and best cost to quality ratio in the industry ensures our client satisfaction, leading to repeat customers year after year. What are you waiting for? Leave the market research and business outreach to the expert team at Research FDI. To learn more about our services, contact us today. Welcome back to a new week of jobs with the Next Move Group. We have two opportunities available on our end with another coming in the near future. And then I'll cover a couple of higher end and entry level positions available across the U.S. So let's get started. So first up, the Kentucky Lake Economic Development in Marshall County, Kentucky, is looking for an economic development president. 
So KLED's mission is to retain, expand, and attract quality worldwide manufacturing, distribution, and service industries to the community. In this role, you can expect to spend some of your time marketing the Kentucky Lakes region to prospects, developing proposals for companies, identifying and developing in industrial sites, and in engaging with TVA, the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development, and other local and regional organizations and elected officials. KLED has numerous resources in the economic development space, including a three-acre industrial park, a chemicals and plastics complex, access to rail, interstate, air, and river, and a cost of living that's 11.3% below the national average. The salary range for this role is $100,000 to $125,000. You can view the full job profile on our website at www.thenextmovegroup.com backslash Lake. To apply, you'll submit your cover letter, resume, and references to Lake at nextmovegroup.com. Questions can be directed to me at 504-615-7174. The last day to apply for this position will be September 30th by 5 p.m. Next up, the Forest City Industrial Development Commission in Forest City, Arkansas is looking for an economic development director. So this is a newly created position as the, IE, as the IDC is a newly formed organization. Some of the benefits of working for this organization and in this position include the ability to build your own benefits package that's catered to your individual needs and a flexible work schedule where you can take off when you need to. The FCIDC is a nonprofit organization that owns and manages the fully developed Forest City Industrial Park. Some of your focal areas in this role will include serving as the community's point of contact for all economic development opportunities, maintaining the sites and buildings database, website and social media, marketing to target sectors at trade shows and conferences, and in coordinating economic development efforts for Forest City and for St. Francis County. The salary range for this position is $80,000 to $110,000. And again, you can view the full job profile on our website. This one's going to be at www.thenextmovegroup.com backslash Forest City. To apply, you'll submit your cover letter, resume, and three references to Forest City at nextmovegroup.com. And again, you can call me with any questions at 504-615-7174. And the last date to apply for this position will be September 16th by 5 p.m. In other opportunities available across the U.S., the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation in Corpus Christi, Texas, is looking for a president and CEO. So in this role, the president and CEO will be responsible for all programs, planning, and operations for defining the current and future economic development needs for the coastal Bend region. The CEO will report to a board of 25 directors with five direct reports and a budget of $1.8 million. Some of your responsibilities in this role will include working with the board to develop innovative initiatives to encourage economic growth through business attraction, retention, and expansion programs that result in the creation of jobs and capital investment throughout the region. Developing and submitting strategic business plans that will sustain and enhance the organization's revenue to support the goals of the organization and in maintaining and enhancing the strategic and diverse partnerships and alliances with all local, regional, and state partners. You can apply for this role by submitting a cover letter and resume to Ty Jorgensen at ccredc at jci-inc.net. The salary range for this position is $200,000 to $225,000. Last but not least, the City of Mesquite, Texas is looking for an economic development coordinator. So this position is responsible for researching, analyzing, reporting, supporting, coordinating, and implementing programs designed to retain and enable the expansion of businesses and investment in the city of Mesquite. As such, you can expect to do some of the following in this role. Assist with workforce development as part of the business retention and expansion partnership. 
coordinate with stakeholder groups and other initiatives as directed, management of mesquiteecodev.com, and to serve as a member of the BRE team that focuses on retail and service sectors. And the salary range for this position is going to be $50,000 to $60,000. That's going to be it for jobs available across the U.S. As always, stay tuned for our next MOOC group opportunities coming, and good luck in the job search. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Rounding the Bases. I'm CEO Chuck Sexton, and we're going to talk about a few wins that have occurred over the past couple of weeks. And we're going to also talk about the Shovel Awards from Area Development Magazine. That'll be towards the end. Ecore International, the largest converter of reclaimed rubber in North America, will open a state-of-the-art manufacturing and recycling facility in Ozark, Alabama. The $25.5 million project is expected to create 84 jobs. The company is purchasing an existing building, which will equip to reclaim the rubber from used truck tires and use the rubber to manufacture flooring and surface products. Simcoe, a company that specializes in the manufacturing of powdered metal for customer-engineered components and stock products, will establish manufacturing operations in Sir Owensville, Tennessee. The $13.1 million project is expected to create 86 jobs over the next five years. The company will locate in an existing facility in Hawkins County. I'm a flex or am a flex. I'm going to apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly. A flexible packaging manufacturer will expand operations at its U.S. production complex in Thomasville, North Carolina. The $15 million project is expected to create 37 jobs. The expansion will allow the company to upgrade its extrusion operations and increase filmmaking capacity. Corning Incorporated, one of the world's leading innovators in material science, will establish a new manufacturing facility in Gilbert, Arizona. The project is expected to create 250 new jobs. The facility is expected to open in 2024. It's going to be the industry's westernmost U.S. manufacturing site for optical cable. Piedmont Lithium will establish a lithium hydroxide processing, refining, and manufacturing facility in Piedmont, Tennessee. The $582 million project is expected to create 117 jobs in McMinn County. The plant will be located at the North Ottawa Industrial Park, a CSX and Select Tennessee certified site. I can't stress enough about certified sites right now. Uh, there's certainly a lot of projects that are happening around the Southeast and Midwest and over even into Texas, a lot of projects that are going on right now. And so there's uh, industrial sites that are getting taken up constantly. Uh, it's something that we're facing on our site selection side, looking for sites right now for our clients. And so uh, I want to continue to encourage economic developers out there to focus big time on site development, site readiness, build readiness, and even site certification. If your state like Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi, a lot of Georgia, a lot of sites, uh, a lot of states have site certification programs. Work with your state partners uh, and get those sites certified. General Mills, a leading global food company, will expand its manufacturing operations in Wellston, Ohio. The $100 million project is expected to create 30 jobs. The production plant is one of the company's largest facilities and produces Totino's pizzas and pizza rolls. Uh, your kids will like that one. Pharmaceutical manufacturer Assure Infusions will establish a new 60,000-square-foot manufacturing facility in Bartow, Polk County, Florida. The project is expected to create 100 jobs. This facility is going to allow the company to ensure that hospitals and healthcare facilities can function without interruption by providing a steady and stable supply of IV fluid. And this last one here is not a surprise. We're going to continue to see projects like this one uh, occur uh, over the coming uh, 12 to 18 months uh, and beyond. Advanced Nano Products, a supplier of carbon battery nanomaterials used in electric vehicle battery production, will establish operations in Hardin County, Kentucky. The $49.6 million project is expected to create 53 
or 93, excuse me, new jobs. The company will construct a 50,000 square foot facility on 22.6 acres along North Black Branch Road in Elizabethtown to supply EV battery plants throughout the region. So not just those that are occurring in Kentucky, Tennessee, but those that are happening in Ohio and Indiana and Michigan, everywhere, uh, such as Blue Oval SK Battery Park. And, and that's going to wrap it up for some of the um, announcements that have occurred over the last couple of weeks. But I do want to shift gears real quick and talk to you about the Shovel Awards from Area Development Magazine. I think it's something, you know, if you don't look at Area Development Magazine, if you don't watch it very closely, I, I suggest that you check it out. Uh, certainly uh, gives great shout outs to uh, communities and projects that are occurring uh, constantly. Uh, but every year they recognize states uh, for uh, the economic development efforts that, that have occurred. And they gave out their first two Platinum Shovel Awards uh, this year, which is great. Now, this, again, goes back to 2021. These are 2021 awards that have occurred. And uh, they've got those listed here. 2022 Platinum Shovel Awards, the winning states, North Carolina and Tennessee. Congratulations, North Carolina and Tennessee. You've done a great job. Uh, Gold Shovel Awards, which used to be, the, I guess, the highest, uh, goes to Texas, Virginia, Arizona, Kentucky, and Kansas. And again, this goes back to the number of um, projects, job creation-wise. They go by the top 10 projects in each state. And so congratulations to them. Silver Shovel Awards going to Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Alabama, Indiana, South Carolina, Arkansas, Louisiana, Idaho, Mississippi, and Nebraska. I mean, that should show you in and of itself how much economic activity has started to occur. It's occurred through 21 into 22. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a dip in projects. I, I still predict uh, through maybe the first quarter of next year, but those are going to ramp back up. Construction is going to ramp up, obviously, next year as well with all these big things that have occurred. I want you to pay attention to something here, though, that uh, they talk about. <clears throat> um, and that goes to the platinum. The reason that they gave the platinum shovel awards this year to North Carolina and Tennessee beyond the gold standard. And uh, it goes to the fact that they're talking about projects with job counts in the four digit range. So thousands of jobs uh, for, per project and investments with 10 digit dollar figures. So, you know, you think about Tennessee with Ford Motor Company, 5.6 billion, 5,760 jobs projected uh, with that one. And then, of course, the other one in Tennessee that was big, Oracle America, 1.4 billion, 8,500 jobs in Nashville. Uh, and then you look at North Carolina, uh, Apple, the Research Triangle, 3,000 jobs there. Toyota uh, with their $1.3 billion deal and 1,700 jobs in the EV battery uh, manufacturing project in Randolph. So again, that's a lot of projects that have occurred, a lot of great things going on in the uh, Southeast, Midwest, certainly through Texas. Uh, I think again, uh, you as an economic developer have to continue to be prepared, work with your state partners on site development uh, and any partner, obviously, that you can work with like a CSX, BNSF, your, whatever your railroad might be, and your power company partners, uh, whether that's Southern companies or AEPs of the world, TVA, they all do a great job of supporting you, Evergy uh, over in uh, Kansas and Missouri and those states. So certainly continue to reach out to your partners and work on these economic development priorities uh, that you have and, and focus on those even as we go into the recession. Don't let the recession uh, deter you from continuing to focus so that when we come out of that and these projects continue, you can grab those opportunities and be on our new segment or maybe even part of the Shovel Awards next year. Until next time, thanks for joining us on the newscast. Hello, I'm Ivy Stanley, COO of Next Move Group. As many of you know, President Biden announced the American Rescue Plan's Build Back Better Regional Challenge grant recipients last week. 
Grant award amounts were made between $25 and $65 million and will be divided among 21 regions across the country. Today, I'm going to spotlight one project that includes Next Move Group Movement member, Greater Wichita Partnership. The South Kansas Coalition, led by Wichita State University, was awarded $51.4 million to strengthen the United States' competitive advantage and global market share in aerospace production. Industry forecasts suggest that we need to manufacture twice as many aircraft as we have built in the last 50 years, which is good news for Spirit Aerosystems and GE Aviation. This funding will help the coalition stand up an additive manufacturing adoption program to support the adoption of new production methods by small and mid-sized manufacturers. The goal is to mold the manufacturing landscape in the region to a global powerhouse with unmatched competitors over the coming years. If you'd like to learn more about this project, visit eda.gov. Congratulations to Andrew Nave and his team in Wichita for a great project win. If you have any projects we can highlight, please reach out at ivy at nextmovegroup.com. Thank you for tuning into this week's Learning Lab. Mm -hmm.